come on. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down the Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing Spinning the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know the rules. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Uh, the only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me or follow me via Twitter you can or slash X, you can do that at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, and I'll read those on air in real time, or I'll respond to those later, you can go to the business Facebook page at SportsGrind Entertainment or you can go to my personal page and I'll leave comment and you can leave comments and I'll read those again on air in real time I'll respond to those later and if you ever miss any of the episodes live okay or you're in a market that doesn't carry us terrestrial radio wise or you have technical difficulties listening to us through your other means don't forget about sportscrineonline.com because you can download the podcast seven days a week 365 and you can also click the play button and get us and listen live to us there. 87737-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right. Um, and it's worth noting the phones, are, we were able to get a hold of them. President's mm-hmm. Day is over, so people are back at work, so the phone mm-hmm. lines are open. Okay. All right. Thank you for the PSA. Um all right, man. So there's uh, some things that we'll get to today. Of course, there are a couple things that we left on the bone yesterday that I didn't get a chance to get to. We'll parlay that over to today. Um, but we've got, um, first of all, we've got free uh, eight franchise tag, excuse me, is officially open uh, today. It's going to go through March the 5th. We kind of touched a little bit on this yesterday, but we've got a little bit more details of teams' actions and certain players speaking out, especially Tyrone Smith, which we'll start here shortly. Um, also, we've got, um, according to Yahoo Sports and the Broncos Wire, we've got 10 players uh, on the Denver Broncos that could be out uh, cut or restructure to save cap space. We've been talking about it on this program. It's well documented on the uh, cap issues that they're going to have based off of the Russell Wilson situation over the next couple of years. So we'll try to get to that. Um, also, we've got uh, college basketball that rolls on. Number two, Houston defeated number six, Iowa State last night, 62 to 56. Uh, excuse me, 73 65. Texas beat Kansas State, 62. 256 apologize for that uh but houston was able to beat number six iowa state 73 65 road wins continue to be tough um in these conferences especially the big 12 and the big 10 um also we have um in our backyard we've got a connie word making national news um not for the reasons you would want them to uh, but they played Texas A&M Commerce last night. And um, game went into overtime. Uh, but at the end of the game, during the handshake line, something was said and a brawl broke out. Um, so it took them. I saw the footage. Of course, this game's not being televised. Uh, but uh, 
you know, I saw the footage and it took them a few minutes uh, to get everything under control. Um, but um, like I said, I'm born and raised and grown up in these parts in the 210 in San Antonio. And I've known people that's gone to kind of word. Um, but this is not what you would expect from a kind of word college. Let's just put it that way. So um, I, now they've made national news before, like their football program and stuff for more positive things over the years. This is not the first time they've gotten national attention. Uh, but I will say it, they got national attention for the wrong reasons in regards to their, bro, their basketball program. So, um, there you go. Um, so that went on. That's kind of hit home back in our backyard. Um, also, what else we've got? NBA, we're still on break. They'll resume on Thursday. Um, but we've got uh, Wimby, uh, who I guess has inked a new endorsement deal with Louis Vuitton. Um, I know, like, you know, I know Louis Vuitton has done stuff with... Uh, rappers before selected ones um but i don't know if i've heard them doing endorsement deals with nba players of yet i'm pretty sure there's some out there uh but you know wimby's from france you know paired they're about fashion a lot of fashion shows that go on over there uh so it kind of makes sense you know but it also to me uh, what do you want to add to that well, from the Express News, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Vuitton has also done, done or has ambassador deals with Naomi Osaka, tennis player, mm-hmm. and Carlos Alcaraz, your boy, um, and then French swimmer Leon Marchand. Uh, and this seems to be also a bill, they, or they allude, the Express, Nori, uh, Express News story from Nick Moyle alludes to the fact that this is kind of preparing ahead of the French Olympics. So this could be part of a campaign. So when you look at Olympic athletes, Osaka, Alcaraz, and Marshawn, and then of course Wemby's going to be playing for Team France, and France is going to host the twenty twenty four Olympics. This is kind of a campaign ahead of that, but they, uh, of course, it makes sense. What has it heard of an NBA player? Does an NBA player has an endorsement deal before with Louis Vuitton? That was the question. Because I, I, I think, you know, to me, it kind of it does make sense with the tie end with the France and you know, the summer games and. You know, just him in general, because he does, as you can see, he does care about his fashion. Um, and he's young and he's a he's a global superstar already. Um, but the bigger picture to me is. Um, well, and we know Coach Prime just signed a, a deal with Louis Vuitton about a month ago, too. Yeah, but that's like Again, the, the, not the, NBA, uh, right. but just other athletes, prominent you know, sports but, figures. But let me tell you, a brand like Louis Vuitton is very particular on who they put their brand behind. You know, there's certain brands, especially foreign and international brands, whether you get uh, clothing, you know, for example, like auto, like if you ever you never watched the TV and you've seen a Ferrari commercial. I challenge anybody. No one's ever seen a Ferrari commercial on TV or anybody endorsing. Now, they endorse big, you know, open car, you know, open cart racing. You know, there's they're big in in racing. You know, there's a big uh, event that happens in Austin uh, sometimes that brings Ferrari out and they kind of be a part. But it's very selective. So when you get into the brands like that, they're very selective in who they, you know, team up with now. With that said, the way I look at it is the grand scheme of things uh, for Wemby is, you know, this is, um, 
you know, this is a player that I believe that is kind of changing the way that this organization uh, kind of, you know, instructs their players to do business. You know, um, Tim, Dave, I mean, outside of their shoe deals, um, and Dave included in that, um, during the early years of the championship runs and, you know, Dave and passing off to Tim and you talk about the Tony Parkers of the world, the modern Ginobili's, none of these guys had major national endorsements. And a lot of that was self-chosen, but also kind of the culture that's been set down here. So I said this from day one when he was drafted and when they were talking about drafting him, that they hadn't dealt with a player like this that had this much notoriety before coming to the NBA and that basically is this type of guy that a lot of national products and national brands are going to want to be a part of and you know he's he's elected to go ahead and go down that road so that's a difference and that's a first really for this organization as well too uh doing some digging here while you're going through that Mm -hmm. uh LeBron James and Louis Vuitton have okay. kind of partnered uh, going to the spring and summer okay. uh, from an article here with Sports Kita. And I know that Sports Kita can kind of, kind of sometimes be, you know, they, they find stories from around the internet. Yeah. Uh, but they are reporting on it with Pharrell's, you know, he was he was promoting Pharrell's collection with Pusha T. Oh, Pharrell's. Um, and of course, Pharrell had the connection with, uh, again, Dion and his sons going over to yeah. the French show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, LeBron has appeared in, in ads as, as early as this last month for Louis Vuitton. And yeah. Endorsing them, uh, Pharrell is uh, Pharrell has crossed over big time. Ben crossed over as a major producer uh, in the hip hop and music game. He just doesn't do hip hop. He's grinding, but uh, yeah, and you figure that you know from the clips side of things, and you know if you know who that is, you can go look at it and what they rap about. But Pharrell is kind of exception to the rule because he crosses over so much to different genres. Meaning, like if we stick to the NBA theme, Louis Vuitton is not doing a deal with John Morant. Okay, they're not doing a, a deal. They're not doing a deal with a lot of guys, to be honest with you. And that hasn't even been caught up in things like Josh. So, but again, the big picture, what I look from this is that it's a it's a first for this organization because there's a lot there there's a lot of entor- endorsement opportunities uh, for these guys that have been presented, and part of it is their choice, you know, Tim, Dave, but part of it is the culture that basically has been, you know, bestowed upon them that, you know, let's stick to basketball, which I knew Wimby was going to be the guy because the times have changed, and I knew he would be the guy to go ahead and change that. Um, also, uh, other NBA news, we've got Doc speaking about uh, reaching out for his advice, his former employee, the Clippers. We've got the Joker, who had a good joke uh, over the All-Star weekend. We'll talk about that as well, too. Uh, baseball, um, you know, we're getting close here. Otani went yard, his first BP, first home run at first time at the plate you know coming off this this surgery so this is going to make news even if it's just a spring deal he went he, he homered uh other baseball note um that i thought was very interesting principal owner mark Lerner of the washington nationals has told the washington post yesterday that the team is no longer on the market for sale which the crazy thing about this, which I mean, the team has been on on the market for two years. 
Now think about that. You know, we've talked about this, you know, over the course of times on this particular program as well, too, about the billionaires club in regards to there's only so many all white parties you can go to in the Hamptons. There's so many yachts that you can get that's going to shine, you know, greater than your counterpart. The one thing that you want to do is own a professional sports team. That's the exclusive end thing right now. So to know that and know that this team, the Nationals, who just won a World Series not too long ago, stayed on the market for two years. It's very interesting. I'm pretty sure there's there's a story to that. I'm pretty sure there's reasons for that. Because to be honest with you, I think the masses of us had even really didn't even realize that the team was for sale or, or still being sold. But that's the most interesting thing to me out of that. The reason why I wanted to bring that up is because in this time where whether it's baseball, basketball or football, um, it's very an exclusive club to own a professional team. And that's the end thing. And knowing that this is an opportunity with a team, the Nationals and the nation's capital, who not too long ago just won a World Series, uh, couldn't find a buyer. But again, there's probably, you know, reasons, rhymes the reasons to that. But it's still kind of, uh, you know, head scratching to know that this time that any of the four major sports could have a team, um, you know, sitting out there on the market that nobody is willing to go ahead and purchase or buy and it's set there for that long for two years. 877-37-GRIND. But let's start with the National Football League and dive into some of these topics. Of course, everything is centered around the franchise tag that started today that will continue to March 5th. And then the next thing we will have uh, that starts like around the 29th through early March is the Combine. Then private workouts and the free agency will be here before you know it. Uh, and then we'll go into April's draft. But... Speaking of this, and we brought him up yesterday, Tyrone Smith, um, who is really set to be a free agent, uh, has come out and said that he wants to return to Dallas, but he wants a new contract. Um, you know, that's according to Yahoo Sports. He wants a new deal from Dallas. Um, and I kind of mentioned it yesterday. If you didn't listen to the show, go to sportsgroundonline.com and download the podcast. But and and it's. In a nutshell, I said it yesterday, and I just feel that Tyrone Smith um, is a heck of a player at his position, but the key thing is when healthy. And he's got a lot of miles on him, and me and my opinion that, you know, I there's Dallas fans that have told me personally that I know, and I've been talking about this for years, there's some Dallas fans that wanted him off the team like three or four years ago. Uh, but granted, last year – was probably his is probably the most healthiest he's been in probably the last three or four seasons prior uh, with the amount of games he played. But I still, if if I'm Dallas, I still can't fall uh, to that and get caught up and live in the moment. I've got to look at the body of work for the last few years and how available has this guy been. Um, I believe if he hits the market. Um, Somebody will give him a deal. I think yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, I put the number. What did I say about Tyrone Smith? I think because if they would franchise tag, which I don't think they are, um, technically that would put him. I think we talked about the 22, 23 million. That was 19.9. 19.9. We were debating whether you would even spend 20 million on, on Tyron Smith. 
Uh, and that's, again, projected figure from Spotrack. It's not an official thing. I know we're starting to hear some numbers coming out regarding what the salary cap is this year. Um, but but 19.9 is projected. Um, and if he wants a new contract, then that's like a three-year deal, a minimum, three to four. And that's that's a lot to commit to him, even to have that on your books. Um, now, the one thing that we always pay attention to in the National Football League is the signing bonus money, which is the guaranteed amount and how much would be guaranteed of that. Um, I still say where his age is at and his durability question marks, I'd still say maybe the 14 million range, maybe 13 to 15 for Tyron Smith. That's just my opinion. Uh, I told you all a few weeks ago that this is the time where, you know, whether it's Yahoo reporting it, NFL.com, SI.com, it doesn't matter. A lot of this stuff at this time is leaked out by their agents, their own camp. You know, to put out there, well, Tyron wants a new contract. He wants to retire Dallas Cowboy, but he wants a new deal. He wants a new contract. So, um, but there will be teams that will look, you know, for him. And if I'm Tyron Smith, I'm probably looking at the adage like, hey, I'll take a pay cut and go play somewhere else. But if I'm going to stay here, what I've done for this organization, I want the maximum of my position and my salary that I could get. But good luck with that, though. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos. We'll be back. Much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. If you're looking to check out what's the latest new products coming in, or you already know what they, they have, but you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. 
That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of your Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens to Tyron Smith. Um, you know, he's going to be employed by somebody, but him putting it out there that he wants to remain Dallas, but he wants a new deal. Let's see how that plays out. Um, also, sticking with the uh, NFL theme of what's going on, um, the Bucks have let Baker and Mike Evans' contract expire. And you know how NFL works with certain language and, and cap situations on certain contracts. By doing that, they've created over $12 million of dead cap space um, that they're going to take a hit. And keep in mind, they took a big hit in dead cap space when Tom Brady went. But with that said... Um, they're going to enter negotiations. From everything I'm hearing, they're going to enter negotiations with uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, but at the same time, according to Pro Football Talk, when we talk about the franchise tag, it, according to Pro Football Talk, it doesn't look like it's going to be used for him or Mike Evans, that Antonio Winfield Jr. is going to probably be the player, which is a defensive player that they're going to use the tag on. Um, the... Mike Evans situation, which I've been saying is I think that um, I think he's gone uh, from the standpoint of if they haven't if they've letting this contract go and they couldn't get a new deal and they're going to take a dead cap uh, space on it, then most likely he's going to seek services some other place. I can't I can't imagine all of a sudden in the 23rd hour that they're coming up with a contract with Mike Evans. Um, Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, I think that's a little bit different. I think Baker has said he wants to stay there. Um, I believe the Bucks want him back because if you look at it, they don't really have another answer right now at quarterback besides him unless they would decide to go in the draft. But this is a team that, you know, um, really pushed Detroit to the limit and had an opportunity and that made the playoffs. Um, so I would just pretty much bet a dollar to a donut that they're going to find out a number and they're going to come to an agreement with Baker Mayfield unless something crazy or screwy happens. The only way that I, I don't see Baker Mayfield being a Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback next year that's if somebody comes in and outbids them, which I doubt that very seriously uh, for Baker Mayfield. But for Mike Evans, let the uh, let the games begin on who wins his services. I've told you, I've put my chips in months ago who I think where he's landing at. Um, but definitely I don't see him working out and coming back for the Bucks at this point. What do you got? Well, the the reason why uh, both of them are are costing are, are hitting the cap for the Bucks next year is because of their voided salary that they, in order to save money this last year for mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield and then for in previous years for Mike Evans, they pushed money down the road, and so that's mm-hmm. why they're still going to account for that cap hit. Um, but when you look at if you're Baker Mayfield, I mean, yeah, the Buccaneers got there, but the, a lot of the reason why they got there, and nothing against my guy Bake, but Mike Evans was a huge piece of that. And also the fact that you're the offensive coordinator who put that who put that all together is already gone and over in Carolina. Now I'm not saying he's going to go back to Carolina mm. um, because he might ha- he might feel a different way about David Tepper and ownership over there, you know, about how he was handled, even though it's a new regime. But 
I, I, I think it's tough because if you're the Buccaneers, you do have more holes than than you than you have so than you have things figured out. Especially if you were to let key pieces, I think Vita Vea might be uh, a free agent this year. If you look at losing Mike Evans, what does that offense look like? And then you know the Baker May- the Baker Mayfield piece there too. If you're Baker, do you want to be there without Mike Evans? I think is a huge question to ask. And I don't. And I, I, I mean, I can't answer for him, but if if I'm him, I don't want to be there without Mike. Baker's not in that position to think like that. He's not. Um, Baker needs. Baker was leaning on Jesus to stay in the league. And he took advantage of an opportunity with Tampa. He cashed in on it. He played very well. He stayed healthy. He led him to the playoffs. His number one objective goal for him and his agent is to get a, a, a commitment from the Bucks. I mean, he's not he he's not in the position to sit there and say, "Well, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna resign Mike Evans, or if Mike Evans is not gonna be here, then I'm not gonna be that I don't wanna be here." Where I mean, because because you can start going down the road if that's the case. If he would just say hypothetically, he would take that stance of what you're saying. Then talk about what what are the what are the options he has to really go in to guarantee if he if he signs with the Bucks, he's the starter. If he goes anywhere else, there's a possibility that he's going to have to be competing again for a starting job. So at the end of the day, this is about securing the bag and securing um, some security for the next, you know, four years, three to four years. This isn't about he's not he doesn't have skins in the wall to be able to look at negotiations like that over receiver. Well, he's not I, that guy. I think that it's about finding a, a good opportunity, a good spot, because like you already said before regarding him, he's already he already won. Even if he didn't have this last year, you felt going into last season that he had, he could have gotten cut by the Buccaneers, and he already won by making he, the by NFL com- the money, comparing to where he came like that. from. So, so it, so he can he has the opportunity to play with that. And if you look at other situations as to where better landing spots for Baker Mayfield than sticking with the Buccaneers, who seem to be at maybe a a, a period of change or getting ready to enter a period of change, I look at maybe the New York Jets. Who have a much better offense and quite like I understand that Aaron Rodgers is there, but Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there long term. So they have the weapons, they have the they have offensive line pieces. I'm not going to say they have an offensive line again. That was a question, the, the problem for Aaron Rodgers, but they definitely have a lot more offensive weapons. They have a solid defense, and they're committed to moving forward. I think of Washington. I think Washington with again the pieces that they have around uh, on that offense. Now we'll see how how they develop that out. Eric Bieniemy no longer there. First time head coach Robert Quinn or uh, Dan Quinn. Sorry, uh, I look at that one as another. Hey, maybe I might even take a phone call from Seattle because you may or may not like Geno Smith is is, is likely uh, you know well, only in, in his final year or two there, and he has an opportunity let's, to compete for a job uh, up there. Uh, let's go back to your first one you named the Jets. So you mean to tell me a guy that is competitive as Baker Mayfield is, a guy that was a two-time walk-on, a guy that had just been on the record for months now telling us he finally found an organization that's letting him be himself. He's going to sit there and go willing to go back to an automatic backup role for a year just because they're losing Mike Evans. No. Well, the organization down in Tampa no. Bay that let him be himself 
those pieces aren't entirely there. Again, you're talking about a new offensive coordinator. He has no relationship with this new offensive coordinator. He did have something with Canales. We talked about that. And a, lot of quarter, and, and a lot of quarterbacks have been on their third offensive coordinator three years. Baker does not, like, he had a good year. But Baker's not that dude. He's He doesn't have, like, when you talk about basically sitting there and saying, well, you know what, if you don't sign Mike Evans, I'm going to leave. You're talking about guys like, you're, you're talking about the top echelon guys. Baker is a borderline, went from a first overall pick to a journeyman. And and he landed in a good spot, had a good a good career. I mean, a good season with the Bucks. Changing an offensive coordinator and losing Mike Evans is not going to, in my opinion, where it's about like this. At the end of the day, like as fans and media, and especially fans, I know that we look at it where these guys we it's about winning. And yes, it's about winning and it's about basically having the best players around or whatever. But depending on where you're at in your career and depending on the player, it's also about getting paid and being the best situation. The Tampa Bay Bucks are the best situation for Baker Mayfield right now where he's at. He, it, it's whether he's losing an offensive coordinator, they're not going to keep Mike Evans. He knew all year and going into last year that there's a chance they're going to lose Mike Evans. And, I mean, he signed there and he went there. Like, Mike has been – that's the reason why I think Mike's gone. They've been talking about this contract for two years for Mike Evans. That's why I think he's gone. Because you can't tell me all of a sudden now they've been negotiating this contract for two years and all of a sudden they're going to get it done. And it's obviously to me that basically Tampa's telling Mike that we're ready to move on. Like, we don't want to tie that much money up into you know to you in regards to where we're still in the midst of a rebuilding, retooling after Tom Brady left. And I just think with Baker Mayfield, it's a situation where his best option, whether they lose Mike Evans or a new offensive coordinator, is with the team that he just led to the playoffs and the head coach who obviously believed in him and allowed him to be himself. Because any other any other play, Washington, you bring up the command. If they're going quarterback, they're going to address it in the draft. And they've got a new ownership. They're gonna have they they've got a um, defensive minded coach in Dan Quinn. Um, Baker's not walking in that. Even if that's not he's not. There's not one other situation he's walking in as a guaranteed starter. I think potentially Denver. No. If, if Russ is on the if Russ is out the door again, if he enters another another situation where he has to compete like he did last year with Kyle Trask with Jarrett Stidham, Baker's a better a better quarterback than Jarrett Stidham. He's still going to compete for it. Even and I don't and the situation Denver's in, I don't think they can sell a fan base Baker Mayfield. It, they're going to have to dress it in the draft or they're going to have to just roll with Jerry Stidham and Stidman and take somebody else at 12. They're not going to sell. They, they can't sell that fan base to Baker. And even if they do, just say because you can get Baker cheap, he's going to walk in there and compete with Stiddy. There's no place except the Buccaneers that he's going to be a guaranteed start. He, if you look at Minnesota, let's say Kirk Cousins, which which I, I think I didn't have him on the docket, but this is another one that is interesting how it's going to go because he's supposed to be trying to renegotiate with Minnesota, but you got look at the situation with Justin Jefferson and him saying that, hey, I'm not going to sign a long-term commitment until I see what the quarterback situation is. Let's say Kirk Cousins decides like, hey, I can't get it done here. I'm coming off injury, but Baker comes into there. Are they just going to sit there and say, hey, we're con- we've got Justin Jefferson, but we're content with Baker Mayfield. Are they going to try to dress it in the draft themselves or go other way? But I think Mike Evans is going to test the market. I think that he would the, the one team that he'd be willing to take less money from, 
out of anybody for his services is the defending Super Bowl champs that are in the middle of a dynasty run because Mike Evans is looking at like what could Patrick Mahomes do for me in my career the one thing about it keep in mind Mike Evans wants to win he just played two years with Tampa Bay with Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl you think he wants to go back to the Jameis Winston days at Tampa? Do you think he wants to go back to, you know, in regards to just go out there and chase the bag? I think that when you look at it, there's him, there's Michael Pittman, which we're going to find out if the Colts decide to use a franchise tag on him. I doubt it. Now, Michael Pittman's on the record saying that I'm exhausting all options in free agency. Um, we know the situation in, in Cincinnati. We talked about that yesterday with, uh, what was it, Higgins, that most likely they're debating if they want to use the tag with him or not. But if you look at the – and what makes it hard for receivers um, is the fact that in the last couple years, the draft has been loaded with young receivers that you get – I mean, we get caught up in the quarterback situation about how the rookie quarterback resets the scale, and this is the situation Chicago's in with Justin Fields or, you know, Caleb Williams. It goes the same way for receivers too. So if, if you got an opportunity to get a young stud at a receiver, a young guy that can come in, you're going to have him for, you know, three years on a cheap salary. Because little, little behold, these, these wide receiver contracts are getting up there. I mean, you alluded to it yesterday in regards to Devontae Adams kind of resetting the market of what he did. And then you got Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, a guy like Higgins. You got some guys and Pittman that are looking to probably even reset that number or come close. Because I'll tell you, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they're going to reset it. They're going to reset it. And I think with Mike Evans is Mike Evans is to the point where he would take a little bit more dollars and capitalize that. But I think the thing with Mike Evans is he wants to win. And there's one thing, in my opinion, about the Kansas City Chiefs, even though that they're hosting back-to-back -back trophies, they're upgrading that position for Patrick Mahomes. That's their number one goal, I believe. And to be honest with you, you can make an argument that that's more important almost than, and I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying you can make an argument that it's almost more important than Chris Jones. Because you just, because again, you cannot, if, if, if put it this way, regardless, and they're probably the best that has done it since New England in regards to being a chameleon. You know, winning different ways, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs have done, winning different ways. But the reality of it is you can't keep playing with fire before you get burnt. You can't keep expecting Patrick Mahomes to go through uh, 17 weeks in the NFL, 18 weeks in the NFL with B-level receivers. Eventually, it's going to catch up. It caught up to Tom. Like when we had that talk last week about the goatness and wherever, and I'm telling you, Tom Brady first with Troy Brown. That wasn't even a real receiver. Guys like that that he had to win in the one year he got running. Eventually later on, it caught up with Tom. And that's the reason why he got flustered. He wanted to get the hell out because Bill wasn't putting the resources in at the wide receiver position. Not in the draft in the first round, not in free agency. So to me... I just feel that that is too, and that's why I said that during the season. That that match, trust me, do you think I want to see it? Not really. But that match makes more sense than anything. It makes more sense than anything. Because we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, with a real big target like Mike Evans. That's what makes that scary. You know, we've seen the cheetah. We've seen what he can do with speed. And Tyreek Hill, 
but we haven't seen what Patrick could do when he bodies up on somebody. That somebody can just body up. Just throw me, I'm going to body up. And I believe Mike Evans has got a taste of winning with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's going to be a priority to him on where I'm going to where where we're going to win at. But I say the same thing I said yesterday. I stand by it. I think Baker is going to settle with the Bucks for like a three or four year contract, maybe four years, and it's probably going to be because if you would have franchise tagged him automatically, you're putting him at like what? What did we say yesterday? Like the 29 million range? Uh, 36. 36. Oh, come on. I, I think you you're going to see him come in. I think really about maybe at the 25 to 28 million range, the 20, probably about the 23 to 28 million range, you know, somewhere around there, because I think that they both want each other in that, in that aspect. I don't think Baker, it comes to a point where you don't want to keep playing hopscotch, especially at that position in the quarterback. You just want to get in, get your bag and try to build and have faith in organization. And like I said, the main thing is he has a head coach and Todd Bowles that really believes in him. 877-37-GRIND. All right. Also, speaking of tags, and this was the big debate last year too, but it's parlaying again this year. What are the Giants going to do with Barkley? And what is the right thing to do? You know, it comes to a time where, you know, this is a dirty business uh, in the National Football League, and it's very cutthroat. You see coaches get fired in one year, less than a year. You see players on the verge of giving blood, sweat, and tears for an organization, and they just kick them to the curb. But I think with Barkley, due to the fact that they've tap danced for the last couple years on a contract, and we know about the whole running back devalue position and this and that, what is the right thing for the Giants to do? Because it, in my opinion, is like if you're not going to commit to him dollar-wise, long-term, at a fair market value, then let him go. Then let him test the free agent market. Don't sit there and franchise tag him. The right thing. The fair thing. But they always say fairs, you know, the fairs where they judge pigs. But I'm just telling you that this is this is another one that's riding under the radar that I think with the Barkley situation and what happens. Because to me, I just think it's it. And, and I said this last year when we we're going through this. This is why I think Barkley gave in a little bit too quickly, and he could have got a deal done one year without giving them the opportunity to be able to franchise tag him this year as well too. He's too important to that offense for the most part, especially. If you run it back with Daniel Jones, which I doubt it. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. <laughs> 